Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. In this episode, I'm talking to one of the pet blogging OGs. Carol Bryant has been blogging about dogs, specifically her Cocker Spaniels, for about a dozen years. In this interview, we talk about what makes pet blogging so special and how to make a career out of it. Carol partnered with another pet blogging superstar, Maggie Martin of Oh My Dog Blog, to co-author a book all about pet blogging for love and money. That's right. It can be a passion project and also profitable. Today, Carol tells us how. Carol Bryant is the award-winning dog blogger and founder of Fidos of Reality. A familiar face in the digital dog park that is the internet, Carol has helped numerous clients grow their pet blogs, online social media presence, and score media attention through savvy public relations campaigns. When I met Carol, she was helping grow one of the biggest pet influencer networks before it was sold to PetSmart. As president of the Dog Writers Association of America, Carol helps budding and established writers and bloggers in the pet industry. She's also the founder of Wiggle Butt Warriors, the fundraising arm of Fidos of Reality. To date, she and her spouse have raised over $75,000 for homeless dogs. Together, Carol and her colleague Maggie Martin have written a new book called Pet Blogging for Love and Money. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about on the show today. Hi, Carol. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. And it's just like wonderful to have a chance to talk to you face to face because I never get to see you. I know. We're Pittsburgh. Well, you're Pittsburgh and I'm Northeastern Pennsylvania. So, Pennsylvania gals who finally are hooking up through the magic of the internet. Yes. Well, and we've, I feel like we've known each other for so long. Um, we, we met, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago um, through pet blogging and through blog pause. Absolutely. And I fangirl you. So uh, it's, a, it's a treat for me to be here and talk to you because this is just a joy for me. Just a joy. Aww, wonderful. Well, I hope everyone learns a lot today. Um, your new book, Pet Blogging for Love and Money, is something that's a great resource for beginners, but even someone who's advanced will still learn a lot from it. I read the whole book cover to cover this weekend and was like folding over pages and underlining things. Um, <laughs> so who exactly was like your your target audience in mind when you wrote this? You know, Maggie Martin and I, my co-author, we looked at, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, there are close to 70% of homes in this country have a pet. And who doesn't want to have their pet online these days? Even if you're not in it to be an influencer or start a pet blog, you want people to see your cute puppy or your cuddly kitten or your fuzzy rabbit or thank you, my friends who have scaly snakes, even though I don't have one. And we thought, you know, these people need a voice, um, whether you want to do it for love, whether you want to do it for money. or And I find it's an intersect of both in most cases. Most people I know who are monetizing um, as an influencer and or a pet blogger, you, you've got to have a love for it because you're living and breathing it so much. And so 
this is for the person who says, I love my pet. I want to have them online and I want to do something for the love of my pet or because I love money oh so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's both. Yeah, it's okay to love both. <laughs> it is. It is. And plus, you know, his my dog needs a salary. I'm sure so many of your listeners and yourself can relate. My dog needs a paper route to just to fund his um, his wardrobe alone. And so this helps pet parents help their pets earn their keep, too. I love it. Well, and, I, you know, I think there are so many people who um, create social media accounts just as a hobby. It starts as a hobby, at least, for their dogs. And then they end up investing so much time into it just for the sake of getting lots of likes and lots of followers and stuff. So why not be smart about your time if you're going to be on Instagram for five hours? <laughs> why not be smart about it and figure out, you know, how to make the most of your time or how to make some money if that's what you're into? Exactly. Totally. Totally. So, um, you know, I've, I, when I started my blog, it was, um, very much a lifestyle blog that my dogs were a part of because my dogs are a huge part of my life. So I would do a party planning post, but the dogs, I'd say like what to do with your dog <laughs> or where to hide <laughs> your dog crate when during your party or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I found that the pet blogging space was a wonderful, welcoming, warm place to land compared to a lot of other niches. Mm -hmm. How do you find that pet blogging differs from other niches like home decor or parenting blogs or things like that? I think we're, we are super fussy. I mean, to be honest, I think if you're pet blogging, you want to know what ingredients are in there and how much content and was that toy made in China and can my dog play with it? Can he rip it up in five minutes? Why should my dog be feeding this? How many calories are in that? I think that I kind of compare pet blogging to food bloggers. There's such a minute amount of details in it. When I started, just like you, it was for fun. And I was like, I have got to write about how much I love dogs. And, and I realized there's a lot more to it than that. When people really started listening and wanted to know my advice on a topic or, you know, so to get, to get back to your question, um, I find that we are super, super detail oriented and fuss pots. You cannot have a brand come to you and say, I've got the world's best dog food on the market and you need to write about it. We've got a list of questions. Come on. Let, we want to know you can't pull one over on us. And I feel like, um, businesses and brands are really starting to catch on and look at us and say, my God, you do have a voice. And my dog's not buying the, the items. That cat's not buying the items, but I am. And so suddenly, and you would know this, matching pet pajamas and mommy and me hats and candles that smell great in our home that you sell in your store. Um, and so I think we differ in so many ways. And it's about time. I, I, I'm like, hello, our ship has come in. It took society and brands long enough, but we're here. We're here. I love that. And I, I while you were talking, I was also thinking that, um, you know, I think pet parents like demand more. So, you know, you're not just going to say, oh yeah, I'll take a hundred dollars to post about uh, this thing without really knowing that much about it. Pet bloggers don't really do that. Um, right. So in the pet influencer space, like trust is just so important. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's something that you talk about in your book too, just like authenticity is always an underlying theme when it comes to blogging. Absolutely. And you know, if I'm telling or you're telling someone on your blog, 
um, to go out and purchase something for their pet and they do and it is a complete dud or that treat really makes their dog sick because you just a brand paid you 200 bucks to talk about it again it's that trust factor so you're not only losing that one person but they're going to tell their friends and their friends are going to tell their friends and i'll tell you this internet is a big old dog park of people and cat people and snake people and bunny people because um they talk people talk <laughs> yes people talk. yes they do it is, yeah it is just like the dog park you're it's so funny that you say that because the local dog park that I go to, you, you show up, if you, if you missed like a half an hour of yappy hour, you get immediately filled in on whose dog did what, what happened. <laughs> and the, and dogs know each other too. They get there. I swear. Like they seek out their buddies. It's like, Oh, remember me? Hi, pa. You know? So I think that to get back to your question, it trust is so important and how we're different is that, um, I don't know. I think we're like mega sticklers. Pet bloggers and pet influencers are super sticklers for things because they know our name and our brand are everything. Yeah, I love that answer. I love the direction you took that because that's not what I was expecting you to say. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, because like I always think of like pet bloggers, like how I felt when I transitioned from like lifestyle to pet blogger is everyone's so much nicer um, and welcoming. But you're right. Everyone's also like really obsessed by every little detail or every ingredient or are there additives in this or you know whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's how we've evolved as a culture. And like I said in the beginning, like our time has arrived. Thank God our time has arrived, right? Right, right. So, okay, so, you know, there is money to be made out there on our pet blogs, but pet bloggers aren't just taking money left and right from whoever offers it. So what have you found to be some ways that pet bloggers or pet influencers can actually make money? Yes. So the blog as your base, I always look at my blog as my home base and there are opportunities that come along because of the blog and there are opportunities that come along in spite of the blog. And so for me, um, of course, you're typical working with brands. I'm a brand ambassador for Dr. Harvey's. I make no secret about that because for 20 years I've used the product. So I went to them. I'm like, you know, I love you guys. And can we do something together? So brand opportunities, just like you would see, say, a Michael Jordan representing whatever sneakers. Am I dating myself? Michael Jordan's still <laughs> relevant, right? Yeah. He's still relevant. At least for um, the people who listen to this show. Oh, <laughs> good. Yay. Okay. Hello, millennials. Um, yeah. Hashtag I'm not a millennial, but that's a good thing. <laughs> Another thing is um, ad networks. Um, I'm a member of Mediavine. There are others, Google AdSense. So literally the way you see commercials on television, that's been a transition for me. I, 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 you know, for so long, I didn't want to monetize my blog with ads. I thought people don't want to see that. And, but you know what? I can't work for free and, and neither should you. If it's a business, you need to be able to do something where people can consume your content but you're able to gain some monetary value from it. And so I don't serve certain ads on my site as probably others don't, you know, I don't sell puppies, I don't sell beer, but there are things on there that are applicable to my audience. It's also like for yourself, people open shops because of their blog, on their blog, um, writing opportunities. I have several clients who I freelance for, um, blogging, social media, marketing, handling different things for them. They found me because of my blog. Um, they were Googling something like, well, who is this girl? You know, and do you do this for other people? And that opens doors. 
Um, I mean, I, I've got, we have a whole chapter in here on monetizing, but I think the big ones are working with brands, selling merch of your own and ad networks are really, um, and opportunities that could come your way because of the blog. Um, I also think it establishes you as an expert in your space if you do a blog, right? And so you could start to write books. You could start to do ebook e content. You could sell things that are consumables for your readers that, you know, you give them a free top 10 list of ways to keep your dog healthy. And then, hey, by the way, I wrote a book on pet health. And so, you know, it's, I'm finding so many out-of-box thinkers like yourself in the pet space who are able to do so many things with their blog that I, I really think the sky's the limit um, for that. I've had brands say, can your dog wear my leash to an event? Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, but that's nifty. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do love the idea of thinking outside the box in the sense of, of, walking, literally walking outside of the box and expanding your footprint of where your brand lives. You know, like you talked about, you know, creating these digital products or um, physical products or whatever it is, writing a book. Um, I just think there, like you said, the sky is the limit and there's so many things. Um, but the, the important thing when I think of monetizing is diversifying your income. You have to. Because um, mm -hmm. if you're only relying on ad, on on ads or only relying on sponsors and that falls through for some reason or some kind of internet bubble bursts, which is like kind of above my pay grade, <laughs> um, right. then you don't want to be out of luck. Mm -hmm. Totally. And that's the key too, is uh, being able to juggle. That I have learned the hard way being a uh, in the digital space in general is you've got to have good time management and know how to juggle. Otherwise, for a while there, it did eat me alive. You can't um, expect to do 25 things in one day. I'm all about checking off the list, but man, that's hard. That's yeah. hard when you don't accomplish it all. And I'm very type A. And so then I take it out on myself personally. And, you know, me and Ben and Jerry's have a Friday night date, you know, and that doesn't happen. And so it's not a good thing. But um, I think taking it seriously and, and being not hard on yourself also. I'm kind of going off the rail here, but time management, um, knowing what you want to do with your blog as a business, but not overwhelming yourself. Pick, stay in your lane. I always tell people pick two or three things the way you want to monetize and then stay in that lane until that lane doesn't work for you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I know sometimes I get like off on a tangent and I get excited because I just love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, but for people who are, who are listening or who follow me online and think, or who follow you online and think, Oh my God, these ladies do like so many things. I focus, I have like an overarching thing for the year. So last year, my huge focus was growing my email list. The year mm -hmm. before that, my huge focus was growing my Instagram following. This year in 2019, my focus all year long has been SEO. Mm -hmm. um, and that those are kind of like the overarching themes of my year. And like everything that I work on, I just try to kind of, you know, chip away at it a little bit. Uh, every week and every month and hopefully get some kind of huge results by the end of the year. Um, so, you know, you know, it's just important, I think, like you said, to find something to focus on, even though it appears like we do 8 million things, <laughs> there is some kind of focus there. Absolutely. And, you, and you're killing it. And so knowing those things, I know, like tangibly, you could say, look back and say, yep, did that because 
I, as your fan and follower, I see that you must be doing it right because you're killing it. Oh, so, thank you. Oh, so yeah. Thank you. It's just a mutual fangirl association in here, too. I it have is. to say, you're, you are so good at at SEO, and I think your site, I don't know how much traffic you get, but I think you get a lot of traffic. <laughs> you're kind of like setting the bar high for all of us. Um, but I was I was Googling the other day. Um, uh, I noticed a little lipoma, which is like a fatty tumor for people who are listening on Lucy. And a lot of labs get those as they get older. And so I was Googling um, ways to reduce lipoma. And guess what popped up on the first page of Google? Oh, no. Oh, is my gosh. Phytos of reality. Oh, and my gosh. you had a post about CBD oil um, and the many, many benefits of that. And one of those is um, shrinking, really mm-hmm. shrinking lipomas. Um, mm-hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, SEO? Because you are killing it at SEO. What would be like your your top couple pieces of advice for someone who, um, you know, maybe has never thought about doing this before or is just completely stumped by it all? Absolutely. And I and it's two parts. Number one is when once I decided to get serious about SEO is when my blog actually seriously started to earn an income. And number two is in these last 18 months, I've pivoted from a general dog health and wellness blogger to Cocker Spaniels and their canine friends in the health space. So I'm still, I was mortified. I'm the Cocker Spaniel woman and I don't write for Cocker Spaniel for Pete's sake. So I had to take a hit in traffic. That is the hardest pill to swallow, Tori. You're like, I got to take a step back and I'm going to lose some people. But in the end, I'm going to gain. And, you know, it's all about a marathon and not a sprint. And so for SEO, for people who are like, what is that? Search engine optimization. So if you've ever gone to Google and you start typing in, where can I go on? And you're trying to look up Friday night. It might say, where can I go on a date with my dog? Like someone's searching for that. What can I do with my dog? What can I do in Pittsburgh with my dog? Um, And so you've got to write what you know, what you love, but you've got to write for what your audience wants. And that was the big aha moment for me. Um, I invested in a a keyword tool so that the one I use, I make no secret about it, is Key Search. Mm. Um, It's a really good price. It's, It's one of the lower costing ones because... There are some really high price uh, keyword yes, research SEM tools Rush out there. Or something yeah, that's very expensive. Totally. And for it, you get a big bang for the buck and look at what you're put your keywords in. So I just wrote a post about uh, fish oil for dogs and its benefits. And you brought up lipomas and I talk about lipomas in that post a little bit. I needed to look up do people actually search for fish oil for my dogs? Are they searching for omega-3s for my dogs? Like, So knowing what your audience is searching for, if you understand that, and what I've started doing is writing my post first and then kind of going back and filling in the SEO terms. Because if you write for a machine, A, your audience is going to see right through that. Bottom line, you still have to write for a person. You're not writing for a computer. That's number one. Number two, you still need to make your post SEO friendly, but not to the point that it sounds like you're writing AI. Um, We're still people. I hope we always live in a world of people. AI is great. But when the robots start taking over, I may move to some other planet. (laughs) Um, That scares the bleep out of me. You know how many robots I'm surrounded by with Siri and Alexa. We spell her name around here. We spell Alexa (laughs) because she's always freaking listening. That said, search engine optimization is such a key 
um, I'm still going through, I've been doing this for over 10 years, and I look back at some of my earlier posts, Tori, and I, A, gag, and then B, I, I'm deleting some stuff, and then C, I need to get them up to speed, because without a good, without feeding Google, you could love what you do, and your fans could love you, but you're never going to grow, and, and it's never going to be what it needs to be without search engine optimization. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Like I go back and look up some of my old blog posts and I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I wrote this really great post about how to take your dog to a party. And I go back and I find it and um, just the text is aligned, like centered. And that's not how I do it anymore. And like, that's like the first red flag to me. That's it's an old post. And then I look at it and there's like barely any words and there's no H2 or H3 headlines or anything right. like that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no wonder nobody ever mm -hmm. got to this post. You know, I'm like wondering mm -hmm. why no one goes to my great content. And it's because, you know, I wasn't optimizing it. You know, it's, it is great, but I wasn't putting the right words in the right places. Sure. It's well done. You know, you, you're, you're a really good writer. It's just knowing what things to plug in there so that everybody gets to be privy to your content and not just the people who know, not just your mom and your grandma. That's what yes. I always tell people. I'm like, I'd like people more than my immediate circle of family and friends to read my stuff. And so because of that, it's a marathon. And that's where a lot of bloggers go wrong. A lot of people quit. There's a huge drop off because you, the money doesn't come right away. The money mm -hmm. does not come right away, but it will come if you build it, oh my God, I'm going to say this. If you build it, they will come. I cannot believe I said that. That said, it's a long, it's a long game. Blogging is a long game. So how long do you think it takes to build up a blog to a decent, you know, revenue stream? I would say two years, really, to get your feet off the ground. Two years. That's actually years not to, that bad. That's not bad. No, I would say these days, two years. And um then I have these images of, you know, I could probably start a second blog. Um, I would love oh to God, see. Oh, my God, you're if, crazy. <laughs> right? I know someone who did that, Jessica Williams, who's in the book also. Um, she just started a second blog just to see if in this day and age, everything she's applied. And now that, you know, she knows better, what, what will that blog do in six months time? Because they say to give it about six months for Google to say, hey, who are you? You're new in this neighborhood and start picking you up. So, yes. um, well, yeah, actually I remember, so people who are listening, Jessica, she blogs at you did what with your wiener.com, which is just <laughs> worth going to just because of the name. Right. Um, but it's all about her. I can never say this correctly, but dachshunds. Correct, yes. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and she hikes with them and does all sorts of things that people don't think you can do with your dachshund. Um, so I remember seeing her post that she was going to start a new blog with yeah. all of her knowledge. So yeah. um, I think she'll be the the voyeur here and I'll just watch and see how she does. Because she And in some of our pet blogging Facebook groups, like you have a pet blogging Facebook group. Yeah. Um, is that something you want people to? Yeah. Join? Same name as the book. Same name as the book. So it's really um, an extension of the book and come and ask questions. And we're going to start doing a holiday challenge and going into the new year. We have a part two of sorts coming out. Um, I'm, I'm actually, Maggie's going to be so angry that I said that, but she's not here. Um, <laughs> there's sort of a little bonus coming along in conjunction to work through the book. So um, yeah, the Facebook group Pet Blogging for Love and Money is a nice place to land if you want to be amongst your own. 
Yes. And you can ask questions. I'm sure Jessica's in there. She um, is. We can all kind of pick each other's brains. And um, even though I really don't post that much Facebook stuff, like as a person, uh, I yeah. do love going into these Facebook groups because you can really, you know, network with this little niche that we are, these dog bloggers all over the country. Yes. And you know, talk like we're at a digital dog park. <laughs> I've fallen back in love with Facebook because of groups. I mm-hmm. was really all about like, I have so had it and Instagram and I love, I'm like just Insta addict. And like you said, five hours later, you don't know where the night went and your dog's like, hello, I need to go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're liking all your friends, pets. That said, I have fallen back in love with Facebook because of groups. I really believe groups is where it's at. And Facebook strategy-wise, that's where Zuckerberg and team are saying they're really driving people is to have their hyper-niche communities. I saw a television ad for Facebook groups the other day. What? Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't even for Facebook in general. It was a a TV commercial just for Facebook groups, which that, like, as in the field that I work in, I was like, what? Yes. (laughs) I was at a hotel because I don't actually have cable. (laughs) at my house. Oh, right, right. Um, so that's the only way I saw it. But I was like, what? <laughs> that's cr- And you know what, that speaks to the whole pet blogging, people want to feel a part of a community. And I think it's um, p- getting that trust factor authenticity and that people feel that I do. I like to go where I feel like I'm a part of something. And that's what I think Facebook groups have have done. Maybe it's saving Facebook. Yes. Well, and plus also they own Instagram, which probably is really so there's their- that saving their so there's that yeah yeah Um, yeah (laughs) so we we may have kind of like glossed over this but you know this is something that I'm always trying to impress upon people so I'm just gonna ask it to you again um which is people who are Instagram influencers um should they create a blog to go along with their Instagram account for their dog is it worth it I think if that's part and this is where part of a I have a blog business plan um, it's I am so not like a, a Harvard MBA and all these fancy paperwork things and whatever, but you should have a little blog business plan for yourself. And even something as minute as one that we put some examples in the book, um, if you think it makes sense for you, don't do it no matter what social media network is. Don't do a blog if it's not for you. Um, when we wrote this book, we knew that pet blogging was one part of it, but so is social media. And we wrote this um, so that it would be more evergreen then because I go to bed and I wake up and something has changed on social media. So if you're on Instagram right now, and if you feel it makes sense for you and you want the power of the written word out there, my fear always is a social media network's going to go away and then what? Yes. Or your account gets deleted. Is suspended or they set or the algorithm changes. Um, I believe that if you own a blog and you own your emailing list, those are your home bases. Those are yours for the most part. No one can take them away. And um, if suddenly, hello, MySpace, when something went away, if your Instagram got shut down or I don't know, you hear these scary stories, Pinterest suddenly decides your content's not worth serving and they they ban you for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, your blog is your home base and you're not gone from the planet. And so I recommend it in that sense, but don't do it just because everybody else is doing it. Do it if you have something to say and you've got a plan behind it. Well, and what I love so much about your book as I was reading it is that you, like you said, it is so evergreen. There's writing advice. There's advice on how to write a outline and then fill it in and then revise it and then proofread it. Um, you know, there's information about, um, you know, just all sorts of stuff that's just good 
fundamentals that's not going to like be dated in six months. So I highly and that's just that I think thank thank you. I think that bloggers we've become the new journalists and um, we're sourcing. We're giving not just our opinions but our experiences and photographs and real life situations and that's what a journalist does. So I feel like bloggers are the new digital journalists and we're being taken seriously. There seems to be a theme here, but it's about time. It's about time. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, Carol, it's been such a joy talking to you and um, I really enjoy the book a lot. So tell everyone where they can find it and where they can find you and Maggie too. Absolutely. So Pet Blogging for Love and Money is now on Amazon in both paperback form and in ebook format. Maggie Martin is my co-author and she is the founder of Oh My Dog Blog. And I am the founder of Phi Dose, a reality. And we've been doing this together, we like to say 20 years because we've each been in it over a decade. So 20 years combined. And we hope you pick up the book. Um, it's for anybody who's either been blogging and doing social media or wants to in the pet space. Yeah. I, I mean, I learned a lot and I think that if you're just starting, um, you know, I teach, I, I do teach some blogging courses and even if you're not in the pet sphere, you know, I would recommend this to any be beginning blogger. It's really great. Thank you so much. And you're in it. So what's not to love? Yes, I'm in it. If you turn to page, what is it again? The page is 212, 212. Um, oh, 212. In it, all about where, 212, where wag repeat. I, if you say that three times fast, that is a great tongue twister, my friend. That's well, if you say twister. it three times fast, um, Bert shows up at your doorstep, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, right? That's awesome. I love him. Um, well, thank you so much, Carol. Thank you for listening to the Where Wag Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wherewagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park. <laughs>